Welcome to this week's energy show. So I've got two questions for you. Are you worried about blackouts and public safety power shutoffs? And are you sick of continued and accelerating utility electric rates? If so, then you're one of the millions of people who are interested in a battery backup system that's going to go along with your rooftop solar. And now batteries are more affordable with the tax credit and financing opportunities. So the remaining question becomes, what battery system should I get? So every year, I've been doing an energy show entitled, What Solar Panel Should I Buy? Now, I stay away from specific manufacturer recommendations, and instead I try and focus on the benefits and features of the various solar panels that are on the market. So this week's show is all about what batteries should I buy with my solar system, or what battery and solar system should I get together? So we're going to talk about new solar and battery systems and also battery upgrades for people who already have a solar system and now they just want to add a battery for blackout protection and to save even more on their electric rates, especially, and this is the issue, especially as electric rates here in California shift to where they're most expensive in the late afternoon and evening when there's no sun and they're cheap during the day. So batteries really help with that. Now, we're going to focus on the benefits and features of the major battery system manufacturers. And also we're going to focus on mostly residential battery systems since these systems are relatively standardized. Unfortunately, commercial and industrial battery systems are still kind of not standardized. They're mostly one-off customized commercial projects, and they're kind of tricky. You need to find a, a big developer that just specializes in that. Now, I'd say in the next year or two, there's going to be more standardized commercial battery systems, and then we can talk about those when they're on the market. So... Let's dive right in to the basics of battery systems that work with solar systems. Now, starting from the beginning first, there's two established battery technologies. There's lead-acid batteries. This is an old technology. Heck, it's been around for probably 125 years. It works, and it's very reliable, but they're not a good match for solar. And the reason is their longevity isn't as long. They're really not able to discharge deeply. So it's not really good for situations where you want to charge the battery fully up during the day and completely discharge it at night. And as a result, these lead-acid systems are mostly used now for off-grid homes, although I would say that the lithium-ion batteries are going to start going after that market too. But the most popular and what's on the market, and you know, what the solar installers have, and what's really reliable from big companies are lithium-ion battery systems. Now, these batteries themselves, the battery packs, it's the same thing that goes in EVs. It's a Tesla or a Mach-E or a Chevy Volt or Bolt. The cells are the same, but when they're combined into a system, it's an excellent match to use for a home or business that wants to have the benefits of backup power and also cycle the battery fully every day. And we're going to focus, therefore, on lithium-ion batteries. No other technology. We're just talking about lithium-ion batteries. That's the market leader right now. 10 years from now, who knows? But right now, you know, it looks like lithium-ion batteries are winning. It's kind of similar to the way silicon cells have really managed to win the race of the most popular type of solar panel. I think there's a good chance that lithium-ion batteries, the various subchemistries there, but those lithium-ion batteries, that's what's going to dominate for homes and businesses. All right. So the second thing that's really important to understand, it's not just the batteries. The batteries are just part of a system. So you got the cells, but in addition to the battery cells, there's a battery management system that charges, discharges, measures the temperature, measures the safety characteristics. You've got an enclosure. You know, it's a big 
big metal box, really sometimes very beefy metal box, in which the batteries and the battery management are packaged. It's got to be integrated with a solar inverter. And it's kind of an afterthought for many people, but one of the hardest things to do is the communications and the monitoring for this battery system that works with solar and synchronizes with the utility grid and behaves when you want it, where you want it. Okay, the challenge is, unlike solar panels which can be mixed and matched with different inverters. A dozen different solar panels on the market, and all those solar panels are going to work with popular inverters, and it's been like that for 20-something years. But unlike solar panels, batteries are all designed to work with certain inverter systems. Now, it's kind of like cars. When you get an electric vehicle, you don't get to pick the battery that goes into that car. The car manufacturers source the batteries in huge volumes from one of the major battery manufacturers. I mean, just kind of off the top of my head, the major battery manufacturers include LG, ESS, used to be LG Chem, Panasonic, Tesla, Samsung, BYD, a bunch of others. They're not household names because these are OEM, original equipment manufacturer companies, and they just sell humongous quantities of batteries to the automotive manufacturers. But the ones I mentioned are the ones that come to mind. Those are the most popular. Now, that's the batteries, but the most popular residential inverters are from different companies generally. SolarEdge is the market leader. Enphase is close to them. And to a lesser degree, companies that are selling battery systems include Tesla and Generic. Most of the older established inverter companies, like SMA, like Fronius, they make really good inverters, really good solar inverters. But they haven't yet managed to make a good transition into batteries. And there's reasons for that, but kind of beyond the scope of this energy show. So here are the criteria that you should consider when selecting and sizing a battery system. There's the battery module capacity in kilowatt hours, a measure of energy. The battery power output in kilowatts, it's a measure of power. The system efficiency. The existing solar system compatibility. The price of the system, not just the battery, the system and the battery warranty. Okay, so let's dive into those criteria. Battery capacity. As I mentioned, it's measured in kilowatt hours, which is a unit of energy. And basically, this kilowatt hour energy capacity tells you how long your battery is going to last in a blackout at night. Keep in mind that the battery recharges every morning from rooftop solar. So, you know, in order to figure out how long the battery is going to last during the day, you got to take into account that there's energy in the battery, plus you're getting the battery recharge from solar, but at night, completely dependent on the battery. So just run some numbers here. So for example, if your house uses an average of a thousand watts per hour, a 10 kilowatt hour battery would keep you going for 10 hours. A thousand watts, one kilowatt, 10 hours, 10 kilowatt hours. Now, multiple batteries can usually be combined so you have more energy reserves. So now let's talk about those manufacturers that I mentioned earlier. LG batteries that work with solar ridge inverters. That's probably the most popular option in, you know, in addition to Tesla. But uh, LG batteries work with solar ridge inverters typically have a capacity of either 10 kilowatt hours or 16 kilowatt hours. Right now they have two models on the market. Now solar ridge has announced a new battery. It's coming out, looks like it's coming out towards the end of 2021. It's got a capacity of 10 kilowatt hour. Not on the market yet, so I don't have a lot of details. The Tesla Powerwalls have been around for three or four years. They're pretty good. They have a capacity of 13.5 kilowatt hours. Enphase, which is one of the major inverter companies, they make great microinverters. Their Enphase N-Charge system 
comes in increments of 3.3 kilowatt hours. So you can get 3.3, 6.6, or you know, almost 10. So 10 kilowatt hours is their most popular system, kind of comparable to what LG has and what SolarEdge is going to have. And then Generac, the generator company, has got a product called the PowerCell, and they come in increments of 3 kilowatt hours. So you can get a 3, a 6, a 9, a 12, kind of goes up from there. All right, so that's the battery capacity. But the other important measure of the battery is the battery's power output. That's measured in continuous watts of power. It's watts. Hey, I'll just give you a quick example and analogy here. The power output of a battery is kind of like the horsepower of a car. The battery capacity, the amount of energy, is kind of like the size of the gas tank. All right? So back to battery power output. The power output basically tells you how many things, how many lights and appliances you can power all at once. Now, little things like lights, TV, internet, even a refrigerator, they don't use a lot of power. I mean, when I look at my house, I'm using maybe on the average 400 watts. Sometimes it's maybe 300, 200. One of the fridges goes on, you know, it goes up to like 450 or so for 10 minutes when it cycles. So those are little things, not a big deal. It's the big things that use a lot of power that we have to be concerned about. Air conditioning, big motor, pool pumps, two or three motors, electric ovens, lots of power output, and EV car chargers. They use a lot of power. Each one of these things, when it turns on, could easily draw 5,000 watts of power or more. So the best way to design a system, since the power output of the battery and the inverter is limited, is to design a system to ensure that these big appliances can be managed during a blackout. Now, managed usually means just don't use these big appliances at night when you're relying solely on battery power. Obviously, you're probably not going to be you know, cooking a turkey in the oven, but you want to make sure your pool pumps don't go on in the middle of the night or your EV charger doesn't kick on in the middle of the night, which is the way you usually set it. Because if any of these things happen, it's going to suck all that power out of the battery really quickly. And then you're not going to have any power at all left for things like the internet, you know, entertainment systems, or lighting. Now, the other thing is, and the reason why there's limitations, if the batteries are depleted, so you suck the power out too fast, or if they're recharged too quickly, their lifespan's reduced. So batteries are limited in the amount of power they can supply so that the manufacturers can warrant the guarantee. And also, a lot of these systems provide more continuous power during the day because they can get a boost from solar. I mean, let's say your battery is limited to 5,000 watts of power, but you have 3,000 watts coming down from you know, the sun, you maybe get 8,000 watts of power out of your system and during the day. At night, you're down to 5,000. And also keep in mind that you can have multiple batteries and multiple inverters for more power and also more energy. All right, so specifically here. So LG batteries that work with the solar ridge inverters can produce about 7,000 watts of continuous power output. That's pretty good. That's kind of the most. Tesla power walls have a capacity of about 5,000 watts of continuous power. The 10 kilowatt hour N-phase N-charge system has a continuous power output of about 3,800 watts. And the Generac power cell systems, because they're modular, they have a continuous power output ranging from about 3,400 watts to 6,700 watts. Now, next criteria, system efficiency. It's kind of complicated, but I'll step you through it. So when solar energy from DC solar panels, all solar panels are DC, it's kind of redundant, but when that solar energy is stored in a battery, and this battery energy is then sent to an inverter, which converts it from the DC from the panels or DC in the battery, there's about a 5% efficiency loss. You go from DC to AC, lose 5%. And then when the AC current from the inverter is converted to DC current that's stored in a battery, there's another 5% efficiency loss. 
So the nice thing is there are some systems out there that can directly store the DC solar current in a DC battery directly. It's one inverter that can directly store that. And these systems, I'll talk about the manufacturer in a minute, they have a round trip efficiency that's solar in and then DC battery power out of about 95%. These systems only have one inverter. That one inverter connects both to the DC solar on the roof and the DC on the battery. And, you know, the inverter basically just has a switch in it and says, oh, I'm going to send the solar on the roof right into the battery. No circuitry involved. Really simple and more efficient. Now, SolarEdge and Generac have this kind of design. It's called the DC coupled design. Now, systems that have two inverters, one for the solar and one for the battery, require an additional conversion step. One inverter is doing solar DC into AC. And then the other inverter is doing battery DC back to AC that the house uses. So since you have two inverters and you have this additional conversion step, they're about 90% efficient. Now the Tesla Powerwall has that design and the Enphase N charge system has that design. There's some benefits to it. A little bit less efficiency, but there's other benefits. All right, so we talked about system efficiency and there's an impact on the compatibility with existing systems. So we talked about AC coupled and DC coupled. AC coupled systems like Tesla and the N-Charge, are more compatible with existing solar systems. So if you don't want to make any changes at all, you have an N-Phase system, you have an old SMA system, you have an old SunPower system, AC-coupled is a good choice. If you have, but DC-coupled systems, as with SolarEdge and Generac, they're more compatible with existing SolarEdge systems, and in my view, they're best for people who are installing both solar and batteries at once. Yeah, you never put in solar, it's time for solar, it's time for battery. Solar Edge, in my view, is the best choice because you get one inverter and it works with both. Generac's okay too. We'll talk more about that later. If you have a really old system, it's actually, in some cases, straightforward to modify that existing old system to put optimizers from Solar Edge on the panels so it'll work with an existing Solar Edge or Generac system. I kind of like that choice too. So we do that a lot for customers. They have an old SMA system, an old Fronia system, and they want batteries, and they might want more solar panels. We say, hey, you don't have to throw out those old solar panels. They had a 25-year warranty. You still got 15 years left on your warranty. We can upgrade those solar panels with a little bit of electronics so that they'll work with state-of-the-art inverters like from Solar Edge. Okay. So we talked about compatibility, big issue for people that were early adopters with solar. All right, we're going to talk about what many people think is the most important criteria, system price. I'm going to tell you one thing first. The price of the battery itself doesn't really matter. And the reason is because you have to look at the price of the system. Obviously, everybody's concerned about price. But from what I've seen in online sources, you're kind of like out there, right, what can I get? There's companies that advertise cheap systems. Tesla usually offers the cheapest solar and battery system prices, but then you kind of dig into it and you find out, oh, there's a tremendous shortage of power walls. Tesla won't sell you just a power wall. They only will sell you a complete system. And if you talk to other solar dealers, the supply of power walls is so short, they're hard to get them until like the end of next year or even 2023. So although the power wall is a really good choice for people with existing solar systems, because you don't have to change change and we just put the power wall in you can't get them regardless of price so you kind of take a step back and say all right if i have an existing system how do i upgrade it with something like solar edge or if i'm just looking at a brand new solar and battery system solar edge inverters and lg batteries in my view are the best value generac's also really good i'm a little more expensive than solar edge and the enphase battery system's also a good value 
if you have an existing Enphase system, if you're doing a system from scratch, I'd say the Enphase battery system is probably a little bit more expensive than Solar Engine and Generac. Okay, I'm saving the best and most important criteria for last. That's the battery warranty. Now, on the surface, all batteries have a 10-year manufacturer's warranty. It's table stakes. In order to sell a battery system connected to the utility for a home or business, you got to have a 10-year warranty. It's kind of like solar panels. You have to have a 25-year warranty. Otherwise, people are going to say, oh, you know, it's only a 15-year warranty. The heck with you. Same thing with batteries. So people put really long warranties on these batteries. I challenge you to think of any battery that you've had in your house or your car or your personal items that has lasted more than five years. But these batteries that are designed for stationary storage, for backup power and working with solar, they are indeed warranted for 10 years. And I got a lot of confidence in those warranties. Now, there's some differences in the exact terms of these warranties, but they're all pretty much the same. 10 years, right? And different percentages that decline and different ways of measuring things and different legal criteria, but they're all pretty much the same. 10 years is 10 years. But before we kind of drill down into, you know, how good are these warranties? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a dead battery? Well, the answer pretty much for everybody, yes. We've all experienced this problem, whether it's in our car or our cell phones or our laptops or our flashlights. So that's why I think the battery warranty is very important. And this warranty is only as good as the company behind the warranty. Let's say there's a battery company comes out. We got a great product. They sell it really cheap. They're doing great. Boom, suddenly they have a problem and they go bankrupt. Well, your, your warranty is gone. So I'm concerned about the longevity of the company behind the warranty. Now that's batteries, but with solar panels over the past 20 years, I've had experiences with several solar panel companies and several inverter companies that basically disappeared. They just kind of said they went bankrupt. Suniva comes to mind. Or they refuse to honor their warranties. I'm not going to talk about those uh, on the show because they're still trying to stay in business, but they're just not honoring the warranties. They're supposed to be a 25-year warranty. Got a problem with 10 of the panels on your roof. These companies don't answer the phone. So when it comes to battery, I think it's even more important to work with a company that honors their warranty because we know that batteries are not as, as durable. They wear out, so we've got to care about it. How do you figure this out? Well, in my view... In order to honor those warranties, it requires a very large company with a very large balance sheet, been in business for a long time, and that also has a majority of their business in the United States. There's no doubt in my mind that overseas companies make great batteries. The thing is, if those overseas companies don't really care that much about the U.S. market, they may kind of just withdraw from the U.S. market. I've seen that happen with solar panels, and I'm concerned about it with batteries. So when I'm talking about these issues, small companies, overseas companies, brand new companies, they may not be a good bet when it comes to expecting a 10-year warranty on a $20,000 battery system. So that's the main reason I've narrowed my battery choices down to LG, SolarEdge, Tesla and Phase and Generac. There's other companies that make batteries, but they may just not be here in five years if there's ever a problem. And the companies that I just mentioned, I'm pretty confident they'll be around. Okay, we covered a lot of ground on this week's Energy Show. My overall advice, if you have solar and you're in California, you should consider adding a battery right away. Not only because you can get the 2021 tax credit, which is 26%, but also because you can get your system installed under Net Metering 2.0. Net Metering 3.0 going into effect in 2022, sometime first quarter, maybe a little later, sometime early next year. And the payback with a system under Net Metering 3.0, which is going to happen next year, 
is not going to be as good as the payback under net metering 2.0. The second piece of advice, get a battery system from an experienced contractor, not one that's new to batteries. These battery systems are very complicated. Not only the wiring, but the configuration of these systems, really tricky. All right, third piece of advice, make sure your battery supplier, your contractor can actually get access to batteries. I said that there's a big shortage. Many homeowners were burned when Tesla, which makes the Powerwall, good battery, they changed their policies last year and refused to ship batteries to contractors, even contractors who had placed advanced orders. So these contractors, they signed contracts with homeowners. They expected to get delivery of their Powerwalls. Tesla said, sorry, we can't deliver to you. We're going to sell to other people. And these homeowners were stuck. And the contractors that are selling them were stuck. So make sure that your contractor can really get the batteries. You know, since there's so much demand for batteries, including demand for cars and utility storage, and including the chaos, the disasters that are happening in California with fires, with the public safety power shutoffs, and the huge increases in rates from utilities, there's going to be a lot more demand going forward. And in my view, supplies of batteries are going to be very tight through the end of 2022 and maybe beyond that. You've got to remember, the, the home and the, the commercial storage business it's not nearly as big as the market for batteries for cars. And the car companies are sucking up every single battery cell, cell they can get. All right, so just kind of prepare for this. Look ahead. Make sure you make the right decisions. All right, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.